So, are you DTFF? Here's Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your host, Jake Trowbridge and Dustin Lunt. Welcome back to DTFF, everyone. Happy Tuesday evening. If you're joining us live, it is great to be back in the saddle here. Uh, continuing our divisional breakdown series this week, talking all things NFC West. And we have a very special guest joining us this evening, uh, Timothy Isaac. Uh, welcome to the show. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, excited to join you guys. Excited to yeah. talk, I bet, mostly about your beloved Rams, but maybe not this year. Maybe, maybe like the future outlook of your beloved Rams. But then you get a hackle and has, uh, hassle, heckle? Dustin, help me with the words. You get to the, hassle the and heckle the one. other teams. So that's nice. Yeah. Or just, you could say, just talk shit. I mean, that that's okay. easier that Trying way. Trying to be a little bit classier <laughs> than that, but that's fine. When have we ever been classy? Never. Come on. We can sometimes pretend. <laughs> we can sometimes pretend. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Jake, how are you doing this evening? And I'm doing great. Uh, I had a nice long weekend. Mm-hmm. I feel refreshed. I feel reinvigorated. I feel like it's time for my favorite season of beer, which is Goza season. That's why I'm drinking tonight. A green zebra from Founders. They have a watermelon Goza style ale. Felt pretty perfect right after uh, the holiday weekend here. They have Mm -hmm. mango. They have pineapple. They have watermelon all in a mixed bundle. I got them all. I'm excited to try them all like Pokemon. That watermelon one sounds delicious. I'm not going to lie. It is delicious. I wish it was a little more watermelon flavor to it. It's probably more of a genuine flavor. I want the fake like... Sour Patch Watermelon, that's what I want. It's not that, but it's still pretty good. Nice, nice. And uh, Tim, do you go by Tim or Timothy? You don't care. What yeah, What do you yeah. prefer? Yeah, I just went ahead and cracked mine open. So we are drinking a Green Flash Brewing Company Ooh. out of Cali. So it's appropriate for the podcast, NFC mm-hmm. West. So. How about you, nice. What you drinking? I am no beer this evening. I had a rough day at work, so I went with something a little bit um, harder and just a little gin and tonic, a little tangeray. <laughs> Can never go Wait, wrong. It's a great summer drink when it's as hot as it is here today. Uh, it's like our first, I swear, like 80 degree day uh, of the summer. So it feels unseasonably hot right now. Yeah, uh, Wisconsin so goes from negative 20 to 120 in about a week span. And we are nearing towards the top end now with the heat yeah you're you have a fuck this day drink is what you have you have mm-hmm. a just complete <laughs> fuck this day drink and i respect it yeah I, you know how is he going to start your week back at work that's fair <laughs> that is fair well we're going to start our week back before we jump into the mix obviously talking about the nfc west letting tim have some shine on the rams uh, and again, hurl insults all podcast long at the other teams. Before we do that, we're going to start off with our favorite segment of the show. Yeah, let's hit it. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. Week's drunk trade. I like it. Uh, it comes from Reddit user Chef Flex. Says in August of 2021, 
was at a brewery with a few league mates, handshake deal while I was under the influence. And this is what the deal was. Giveaway, Nicole Hardman, Adam Troutman, a 2022 second round pick and a 2023 third round pick and get Julio Jones, smiley face, added by the user, not by me as an ironic <laughs> aside, by the way. I have to make that clear. They go on to say, I really thought he'd make a comeback, Julio Jones. I don't want to talk as much about the trade itself, which we understand. By the way, it's not like you gave up a ton, Chef Flex. I want to talk about the fact of Julio Jones 2021, them thinking he'd make a comeback. I think we've all fallen into this trap. I have with many players. AJ Green, is that you? Uh, I believe that everybody else has as well at some point. So who is somebody right now in the league that we're really hoping can make this kind of resurgence? But <laughs> I don't know. It could end up like Julio Jones. Tim, do you have anybody top of mind that jumps out to you who might fit the Julio Jones S category? I only name him just because I was able to swoop him off waivers early, early as far as his breakout. But Adam Thielen was that guy for a little while. And now in Carolina, can he do it again? I don't think so. But my heart says yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just pepper the man with targets. I mean, he's a PPR god, you know. It's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, I, I, I can't, I can't quit him. It's hard. <laughs> That's a perfect name for this, by the way. I have my own hopes and dreams tied to uh, that man for this entire year. We'll see what Thielen can actually do in Carolina. Mm -hmm. Dustin, do you have anybody else that's calling your name? <sighs> it, it pains me, but I feel like he's falling into this bucket, and that's OBJ. Uh, mm. It just he, he he struggled here. You know, he had the injury. He's had multiple injuries. Not that he's that old. He's you know he's not Julio Jones age. You know he hasn't hit quite that age cliff. But we haven't seen him play for a couple years. And when we did, like he was okay. But I, it's he's one of those guys we've been expecting him to get back to that vintage New York Giants days. Uh, ever since he left New York, and it just hasn't happened. So that was the first name that I thought of. I like that. I'm going to throw one more onto the pile uh, and, and say Michael Thomas could very well end up fitting this category, even though he is also not quite up to mm -hmm. that age. It's one of those guys we have a lot of hopes for. We haven't seen a lot, but maybe there's a resurgence in the mix. So follow up, Tim, would you send away, Take away the players right now. Would you send away a, a, a second and a third round pick, let's say, in your fantasy league for Adam Thielen right now? Are, are you feeling good about him at least to that level? Yeah, I, I got a feeling about Thielen. So <laughs> I, I definitely would do it only if it's PPR. I really couldn't be caught with a half PPR or even non-PPR making that kind of trade. It's such a narrow market for him. It's just, if you have PBR, you can salvage, you know, that trade as far as competing and you can make it fit on your roster, starting them as a, you know, back-end flex, a bi-week guy. Absolutely. I love that. Dustin, same question. Second and a third, somebody sends that offer to you, you get OBJ, are you doing it? No. I just, I have zero faith. <laughs> That's fair. I, I'm to say I would accept that uh, and get Michael Thomas just to see because the ceiling's so high for him if he comes anywhere close to his last full year. 
I'd probably regret it, just like Chef Flex. Let's be honest. I probably would and will. Um, but you're not alone, is what I want to say, Reddit user Chef Flex. You are not alone. We all have those hard-to-quit players. Yeah, I actually recently made a drunk trade, and I woke up one morning, and I'm like, oh, I, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, so it, it's a 12-team it's Dynasty PPR League, and I apparently sent away George Pickens for a 111 this year. What's your Ooh, thoughts? Wow. I actually don't hate that at all. I feel like, so we had uh, Kate Michelle Majuk on for the AFC North episode this last week. They were talking about how Pickens is a little bit of fool's gold, especially for this year. They'd much rather have Deontay Johnson, especially in a full PPR league. I agree with that. I think getting the 111 for George Pickens is perfectly great to me right now because I think the hype will die down midseason. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate that either. Who did you end up getting with that pick? Or have so it your rookie draft yet? Once I woke up, I was like, oh, crap, what have I done? <laughs> and so you try to tell me. So I actually traded the 111 for a 2024 first. Fair enough. Yeah. Don't hate Take that down either. The road. Yeah. You yep. can maybe, that could be a 111 that turns into a 104. You know? Yeah, that's I'll right. re-roll. I will re-roll. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I, like that I don't hate that at all. That is, that is a perfect move there. I really like that. <laughs> All right, should we get into it here? Let's do it. All right, so uh, we'll break down each team here. Uh, we'll start with the Rams, uh, just because it's first on our list, and it's our guest favorite team. Like, obviously, that's the reason we'll mm -hmm. talk about them first. Uh, go through notable losses and additions, and then draft, and then we'll kind of go from there. So uh, they lost this offseason. Uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, the aforementioned Odell Beckham, Daryl Henderson, and Malcolm Brown. Notable additions in quotes, uh, Brett Rippon. Um, and then the draft, fantasy wise, in the fourth round, uh, QB Stenson Bennett in the fifth, uh, Davis Allen, tight end, Puka Nauka, wide receiver, and in the sixth, yeah. Zach Evans, running back. So, Tim, since this is your team, why don't you lead us off here with? How you feel like this offseason has gone for your Rams and kind of what you're thinking here uh, going into the 2023 season, what this team's going to look like and kind of expectations we can have. Sure. Yeah, I, I think this is a clear definition of uh, teams don't tank and players don't tank for an office, front offices tank. <laughs> <laughs> and with the additions of just all of the rookies that we've gotten, we've got some workers. But as far as talent, this team is void of talent right now. <laughs> Far from two years ago where, you know, we're competing in the playoffs, trying to get to the Super Bowl, you know, we finally get the ring. Um, yeah, as far as the, the Rams, it's, it's going to be a little tough this year. So I think starting off at the top as far as just, you know, fantasy relevant, uh, Cooper Cup, hands down. Everybody knows he's going to be good. He got injured last year. Um, but Deuce's still a stud. He's he's going to come back, and he'll still be another, you know, PPR god as far as just peppering with targets. Uh, one of the things that I think just every year you can see it with Cooper Cup is that even when the Rams are losing, he's just going to eat even in garbage time. So uh, it, it's going to be, I think, fantasy gold with him. What's your guys' thoughts on uh, at least the, the Cup start? Oh, Cooper Cup is... 
weirdly being written off in best ball drafts. Written off meaning he's like the third, fourth receiver instead of the first or second. But to me, that's writing him off. I don't know how that's going to play out for redraft. Uh, I'm going to be hitting him probably hard come redraft season. Dustin, are you on the Mm -hmm. on the boat with him? Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing to say that he's not going to return to form. Uh, I remember when he had his injury a few years ago at the ACL. Uh, people are, you know, wondering, oh, is he going to lose a step? Uh, you know, what's going to happen? And he literally just walked on the field and just picked up right where he left off the season before. Uh, so I'm expecting exactly the same thing here. Uh, you know, speed now, is not, he, he's never been a guy that's like defined by his speed. He's always been yeah. the, the more route running technician underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you don't lose that ability. Yeah, no. it's very hard to, at least. Uh, I, I know we all kind of laugh at putting the notable in quotes edition of Brett Rippin. <laughs> this is one instance where I actually find it semi-relevant because, let me preface this, because there is no team right now in the NFL that is as confusing to me to assess what they are trying to do, and weird additions like this could find their way to some some playing time, potentially. Let me ask you, Tim, do you feel like this is a team that is maybe contending, you know, if Cooper Cup and if Matt Stafford comes back healthy, they rely on the running game, whatever. Do you feel like they're contending? Are they aiming for rebuild, as we suggested, by the GM's moves? Or are they stuck in between right now? So the hard part is that you have a great head coach. You have a great player in Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, solid, solid player. Uh, obviously Aaron Donald on the defense, but that's it. So the moves tell you that we are tanking. Sadly. <laughs> However, after looking at the schedule, the first half, it's, it's going to get ugly. However, the second half, they can start to piece together a couple wins, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap. So much for uh, the Caleb sweeps. <laughs> now you're sitting in the middle of the, the pack as far as the draft. And, I mean, can you really improve that much if you win, what, six games? Yeah. Like, you got to be bad mm-hmm. to really improve coming up with this draft. Well, hopefully the Texans don't ruin it for you and end up with the number one pick here as you try your yeah. best to get there. Um, I, I, I don't. What happened to Daryl Henderson? Can somebody answer for me? Maybe this is this is what I needed. I've been waiting for Daryl Henderson to sign with somebody else. I was confused about why he got cut last year. Do you mm-hmm. have any feelings on that, Tim? So Daryl Henderson, he was a very solid player. He just wasn't, I don't know, he, he locked the ceiling. And it, I guess he just didn't do it for the coaches. I mean, Cam Makers, he was love-hate. He was hot code. But as far as Daryl Hendo, man, he was uh, actually visiting the Browns. And that was it. Uh, didn't hear anything else. So he's still out there. <laughs> he's lurking. Yeah, just, that floors me because he was productive. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I know I traded uh 23 second rounder um early in the season when he was kind of popping off and thought that was going to be a great move to just help me you know as a second running back on my team and yeah totally by the end of the season we all know what happened there so yeah i'm I'm shocked that he hasn't been picked up somewhere else there's obviously more going on there than what we know um how do you guys feel about cam though i know 
Uh, Tim, like you said, he's been kind of hot and cold. And is he in the coach's doghouse? Is he not? Like, we don't know what's happening there. And I've always been kind of lukewarm with him ever since he came out of college. I can't say I was the biggest Cam fan there. So how do you feel about him? And and is he going to have control of this backfield? I mean, the Rams have just kind of been turning that position ever since Todd Gurley's been gone. <laughs> and uh, as far as Cam, I, I think this year he can be effective just based on how we finished last year. But just all the drama and everything last year, it, it was so up and down. He's off the team, and he's going to get traded. Well, now we can't get anything, and now we're scoring touchdowns. Wait, hang on. Like, it's just such a up-and-down relationship. Um, I think the opportunity is there for him, though, this year. I, I'll compare him to Tussin. If you're you're having some of that when you're young and you're a little sick, you, you make the face. You're just not going to like him this year. <laughs> but – you know, he'll be effective for you. Um, he definitely got some targets down the line as far as, you know, garbage time as well. Um, I know as far as the way he ended last year, uh, his snap share was pretty solid, 70% on the last five or six games. Um, and he's got pretty solid target shares as well. So I think if you're stuck in a corner in your draft, you need an RB, just take your tuss and – Go ahead. His, like, <laughs> he's going to be fine. He'll he'll probably outperform his ADP. So it's it's, it's not going to be pretty, though. Just swallow that bitter spoonful <laughs> and deal with it. You'll you'll feel better. I like that. Yeah. Without, I hope someone makes last, that decision for me and I don't have to worry about making that decision. <laughs> just shove the tussin in somebody else's mouth. Yeah. And that's how you, you get beyond that. It like, is like wild, the Ryan though. Gosling photos where, or, you know, you've seen those videos where they put the spoon up to the to the TV and he's making the faces. No, no, I, uh, not. just 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 YouTube it. There's a whole like series of clips of it. It's terrific. I'm not up on my memes. I'm not caught up on memes. Obviously, <laughs> uh, I need to spend more time studying those. But it is crazy with Cam Akers last year, like RB 39 overall in points per game. It was bad. Right. It was definitely not enjoyable to have him on your team for the majority of the season. But as you said, the last few weeks, really after Daryl Henderson left from week 12 on, he's the RB8 in points per game. Had a lot of touchdowns, as you noted there. That's probably a big, a big reason for it. But yeah, it scares me. But they, you know, they did drop off Henderson and Malcolm Brown. They add in the draft Zach Evans playing the sixth round. I don't know. Maybe this is a team that will utilize their late round guys a little bit like the Seahawks would for running backs. Do you feel that way, Tim? Yeah. I mean, I, I think coming off the Achilles, you give him time to heal. I mean, you've seen it with Deontay Foreman. I mean, you just need time to get back to it. So, you know, can that relationship be mended for one more season? I think so. Now, beyond that, I doubt they pay the man. So he's on the contract here. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's working for some money here, so I, I think you'll get a decent year out of out of Cam Makers, but keep those expectations in check. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I, I I will I will take that, and I suppose I will concede if he falls in my drafts that I will take him then, um, knowing that he's playing for that that next contract. You know he's going to ball out this year, so. All right, Tim, any last thoughts here about your your beloved Rams before we move on in the division here and start trash talking everyone else? Yeah, I would say two. 
So the first thing, I think Tyler Higby, he'll have a solid year. I mean, a tight end position, you already know it's, it's a mess after the top three or four. But I think he's been targeted pretty heavily in, uh, in certain games. Um, and then secondly, uh, don't trust any wide receiver, too, from the Rams. <laughs> that actually leads me into I wanted to play a quick drinking game with you guys. So bear with me here. All right. If I'm going to ask a, a couple of questions here, talking about the wide receivers from last year. And if you get it right, I drink. You get it wrong, you drink. It's as simple as that. Okay. Who besides Cooper Cup, who again only played nine games last year, he led all wide receivers in targets. Who was number two for wide receivers in targets? Any guesses? On the Rams. On the Rams. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I have a guess, but I'll, I'll, Tim, I'll let you go first since you're the guest here. I'm actually, I'm going to say Daryl Henderson. <laughs> It is not Daryl Henderson. You get to take a drink, sir. Dustin, who is your guest? Is it Van Jefferson? It is not Van Jefferson. Uh, you take a drink, sir. That was the crap answer. <laughs> it is actually Ben Skoranek was uh, the number that, two there last yes, year. Yes, yes. That, that was going to be the Out next player I said. Absolutely. Outrageous. <laughs> Absolutely outrageous with that. Um, Van Jefferson was not even next, by the way. Allen Robinson somehow elbowed his way into the next spot there, but it was disgusting. So, yes, I'm not chancing it with a single wide receiver from this team not named Cooper Cup. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on then. Uh, we'll move on to the 49ers since they are next on our show sheet. Uh, notable losses this offseason. Jimmy G. Josh Johnson and Tyler Croft. Notable additions, Sam Darnold and Brandon Allen. And in the draft, in the third round, Cameron Latou, if I said that correctly, uh, tight end. And in the seventh round, Braden Willis, tight end, and Ronnie Bell, a wide receiver. Uh, Jake, I'm going to throw it to you. Why don't you give me your thoughts about this Niners team um, and kind of what your expectations are fantasy-wise uh, for the players on this team that we can expect. Fantasy-wise, I am so ready and excited to be so frustrated by this team <laughs> in general. Uh, we're going to have a lot of conversation about, uh, well, every year, Dustin and I have gone back and forth about Debo Samuel versus Brandon Ayuk every single year. And typically, I think we fall in line for the most part. Um, mm -hmm. I think last year we diverged a little bit. I won't say who was right in that, but uh, judging from my smirk, uh, it was not me. I don't think, actually. I think I was incorrect. But <laughs> with Jimmy Garoppolo gone, it's all going to come down to what ends up being the situation with their quarterback. I have some pretty strong opinions about who their quarterback's going to be. It feels obvious to me. It doesn't appear to uh, the world. So I think it's all going to come down to later in training camps when we finally get that sort of figured out officially but tim let me throw it to you here for jimmy garoppolo's replacement who do you think steps up and takes the mantle this season man that is a loaded question right there <laughs> uh so it's my favorite from, from what it sounded like it sounds like that is brockford however he's not healthy so 
is Trey Lance. <laughs> and so they're both the starter, but Trey Lance is the starter. <laughs> so he's the starter until he's not the starter. It's, mm-hmm. it's Blues. I mean, they spent what two, three first rounders for the guy. I mean, I think he'll be fine to start the year. His health, you know, hopefully he can stay healthy. But uh, apparently, Brock Purdy has a lock for him. I mean, he works hard, but he probably won't be ready to play until what September, October. I mean, it's Trey Lance's job to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to give Trey Lance his shot. Uh, just to be able to say, because he hasn't been healthy, to be able to justify whether they were correct in spending all this draft capital on him. Um, and I do think he's going to have a fairly short leash, though, too, if Brock Purdy comes back uh, and he's healthy and, you know, no restrictions or whatever. I think Trey Lance is going to be on kind of a short leash. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see if he's struggling to have him get pulled in, in, in favor of the Purdy experiment. Um, if he's the guy that they, they love there. So uh, I do think that he's going to start the season, but I don't know that he'll be finishing the season as a quarterback. That makes me sad to hear you say that last part of it. I'm just glad nobody had the audacity to say Sam Darnold. Uh, I had my button ready. I was going to kick people <laughs> off if, if it came out. No, I do think Trey Lance is the de facto guy. I just feel bad. I, I've been just... I've been the Trey Lance guy for a very long time. It hurts to have to try to walk away. And maybe it's just me tricking myself into believing this. It's like the dude literally has not had an opportunity. Let him have half of a season. Give him the first eight games. If he sucks, so be it. Move on at that point. But the investment's too high. I don't think that they will before eight games. So So in the chat, Jake here um, says... Dynasty Pylon says, we believe that Sam Darnold might be the guy the first few weeks. Brock Purdy will be there to step in, and Lance might get shopped around. Pylon, why, I was in such a good headspace until you <laughs> stepped in and made that comment. The one saving grace there is, is if Trey Lance gets shopped around, fine. Let him start for another team, get a fresh opportunity, a do-over, if you will. I'm comfortable with that. That's fine. Um Sam Darnold, I guess, sure, you can be in there. But that's going to hurt my feelings about this debate between the two main wide receivers, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Is it worth having the either-or discussion? Are we invested in either one of them, I guess, at this point? Tim, let's start with you. Do you have a strong investment towards one, both, neither? What are you thinking? I lean towards the Ayuk side. Actually, just... Got a Ayuk share, uh, trading a, a 2-1 for Ayuk. So, uh, in the places where he's, I guess, undervalued, I'm certainly buying. Um, between him and Debo, he's more of the prototype wide receiver. And so Debo, he's not to say he's gadgety, but all his stuff is behind the line of scrimmage, very short. It takes a lot of yak. And that's what the Niners are. They're yak. I mean, if you can play, Good defense tackling. They aren't scoring. But anyways, uh, yeah, Brandon Ayuk, he's the downfield guy, middle of the field guy. Kenny's quarterbacks hit him. I mean, Trey Lance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if he's going to breakfast with Brandon Ayuk. Or- <laughs> so we need some inside information on that. That might help us decide, but I lean towards the Ayuk side. <laughs> Dustin, where do you fall on this? 
Uh, Jake, you're going to be surprised. I'm actually in the same boat. Um, and, and this really changed when Christian McCaffrey joined the team. Uh, Debo was getting a lot of those, you know, he was a de facto running back, but then he was also getting a lot of those jet sweeps and, you know, they're creating plays for him out of the backfield. Well, that's what you have Christian McCaffrey for, uh, mm-hmm. and you're going to use him. So that's why I'm, I'm switching my, my tune and going with Ayuk now as the more preferred wide receiver. I'm going to be honest, neither of them overly excite me. Um, if you're going to give me one pass catcher out of the group, well, it's, it's going to be Kittle or McCaffrey. Um, but if I had to choose between the two wide receivers, give me Ayuk. Yeah, I we have a full consensus on the podcast for maybe the first time ever discussing this since back in like 2019 with Andy Holloway on the show and we're all on <laughs> Team Debo. So uh, that's nice. Uh, I did think Debo's value was so much baked into his versatility. And then CMC, mm-hmm. as you said, Dustin, kind of went there and shrank that versatility. Debo had, in 10 of the 15 previous games before CMC got there, he had five-plus rushing attempts in 10 of those 15. As soon as CMC got there, he had never seen more than four rushing attempts in a game from that point on. It's like you're you're starting to already cut into your own value with that. Your targets are going mm-hmm. down accordingly. It's hard. But you mentioned Kittle. Now I'm excited. Now I'm excited to actually talk about somebody on this team. How high are you on Kittle, Dustin? I'm very high on Kittle. I, I've come to accept the fact that he is like Gronk. He's going to get injured. You're going to miss him for a few games, two to three games a year probably. But when he is in the lineup, he's going to be a top three tight end, and he's going to be that difference maker. So uh, I, I'm willing to take those 13, 14 games that you get healthy for him, and I'll just make up the difference on those weeks when he's not playing. I love it. Where will he rank for you, Tim, in terms of tight ends? Will he make his way into the top three for you? Let's assume Travis Kelsey, possibly, Mark. probably Mark Andrews, right? And then who's your number three? Is it Kittle? Yeah, it's Kittle. I mean, his, his ceiling is so high. His boom is so big. Uh, you got to ride that wave. I mean, especially with the tight end position. So you can take, you know, a flyer on somebody in the back end of the draft. You may get you know, a random week like that. But when Kittle's hot, he's hot. I mean, even the last several weeks of the year, I mean, he was just a scoring machine. Uh, rode a lot of people to the fantasy championship. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on a Kittle wave. I love it. Outside of his rookie season, by the way, he's never finished worse than tight end four in points per game. Dustin, like you said, yeah, you're going to have to deal with him being out here and there. It's fine. Whatever. You know when to play him, which is yep. when he's healthy and, and in. Otherwise, don't worry about it. He tied for tight end one way back in 2019. I didn't even remember that happening with Travis Kelsey, by the way. So that's nice. Makes me feel good. Well, I mean, it's you just assume that Travis Kelsey is always tight end one and there's just nobody else. Sure. That's true. He proved him wrong for that year, at least in points per game. But he missed games. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. What do we think about the Niners? Have we... Do we feel like there's a gap? Let's see. Christian McCaffrey's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing Christian to talk McCaffrey. about there. That's the Niners. He's going to be good until he's not. What would you say, Tim? I said the Niners suck first. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Get in there with that, the vengeance. Oh, the, the trash talk has got to come to the Niner Nation. But, no, I mean, they, they've, 
they've owned the Rams, except when it's mattered. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Okay, um, let's move on. Then we'll go to the Cardinals here. Uh, their losses this offseason: uh, DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, Chosen Anderson, Andy Isabella, Daryl Williams, Eno Benjamin, Trace McSorley. Whoo! A whole lot of nothing names there for the most part. Uh, notable additions: Zach Pascal and Jeff Driscoll. And in the draft, in the third round, they took Michael Wilson, wide receiver. And in the fifth, Clayton Toon, a quarterback. Um, I'll start since uh, I haven't had a chance here to give my thoughts uh, on the team at the outset here. And I just like to hear myself talk every once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Cardinals are an interesting team um, with, oh, my brain. It's it's not working. Kyler. Uh, Kyler. Good. Thank you. Uh, With Kyler uh, being injured, uh, we don't know when he's going to start the season or when he's going to come back healthy, if at all. I'm assuming at some point, I'm guessing probably mid late October, I would guess, is when we can see him. Uh, The question is, can these backup quarterbacks keep this team, you know, in the conference or the division hunt? Uh, long enough to keep them playoff relevant before Kyler comes back. That's the big question. Um, DeAndre Hopkins leaving the team, that hurts, but they do have Hollywood Brown. They've got uh, Rondale Moore. Uh, you know, they've they've got weapons there on that offense. Um, they've still got James Conner, um, who's going to do his thing and just score a bunch of touchdowns, especially with Kyler out. So I, 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 I'll say I... I don't have super high hopes for this team, um, especially fantasy wise until except for maybe James Conner until uh, Kyler comes back. Once Kyler comes back, I think it changes the whole complexity of this offense and what it's going to look like. So I'm going to kind of be hands off uh, for the most part, unless players start dropping, you know, unless Hollywood Brown, you know, he, he drops in the draft because of this. Sure, I'd take a flyer on him a little bit later than I normally would, but otherwise, James Conner's probably the only guy I'm targeting semi-early. And when I say semi-early, like fifth round, fourth round, maybe, depending on how your draft is shaking out. Um, Tim, what do you think about that? I'm huge on James Conner this year. I mean, PPR monster. uh, They've kind of at least reshaped that O-line, so... I think he's going to have, dare I say, a back-end RB1 finish. Literally RB1, like, sweet or 12, maybe 13. I love it. I love that. And he's Mm going to be a dump-off machine. It's going to be fantastic to watch him work in PPR. The scoring upside, admittedly limited, probably until (laughs) Kyler gets back. And that's okay. We don't need him to score touchdowns as long as he's catching those dump-offs. And so I would say I have James Conner as a a back-end running back one as well. I won't have to draft him that way, though, which is the beauty of it. Like, Mm -hmm. his value, I think, is still going to stay suppressed down to, you know, your 15 to 20 range at best. I think Mm -hmm. people are just going to write off this team and not be focused on him. So that's, that's a nice value for all of us other folks. But talking about value with... Hollywood Brown, that's probably where we differ a little bit, Dustin. 
because I'm still ready. I'm okay investing in him. So I remember what he did the first six weeks of the season when DeAndre Hopkins was out. Now, was it with Kyler Murray? Yeah. If you want to be, you know, nitpicky about it, sure, he had a better quarterback. But the targets were massive when he was there. He was averaging 11 targets, 7 receptions, 81 yards. Nobody else there was really touching him outside of Zach Ertz. We don't know what's going on with Zach Ertz. He's old. He might be playing or he might not be playing at this point or he might be traded. So, Tim, where do you fall on the Marquise Hollywood-Brown debate here? I like Hollywood. He's young. However, I just don't see this environment for fantasy and their wide receiver room being healthy for any kind of production. I'm 100% ready to be wrong. I mean, he's a talented guy. So, uh, I mean, could he, you know, sneak in wide receiver three? Absolutely. Um, I'm not willing to draft him there. Uh, Just trying to know when you start him. When you don't, you got Colt McCoy, and I don't even know who else is backing up Colt McCoy. I'm David I'm, Blah. <laughs> blah, blah. He's got David Blah back there. He doesn't have Trace McSorley. I don't know. There's like five quarterbacks Jeff Driscoll. on this team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's bad. I think a good question is, do we actually think Kyler plays this year? That That's is a good I- question, because I think if – if they start off real bad, and I haven't looked at the schedule, so I, I couldn't tell you what their, you know, first six to eight games are. But if they've only won like one or two games at that point, why would you want to bring Kyler back for a throwaway season? Basically, just let him get super healthy. Let him just continue to rehab. They get a super high pick in the draft. They could draft, you know, a cornerstone defensive player or. If they want to move on from Kyler, I guess they could, you know, get the Caleb Williams uh, lottery at that point. I mean, it kind of opens things up for the team. So, yeah, I mean, there there is that world where Kyler may not even play this year, you know, depending on how it goes, which would really suck. So like- <laughs> in that in that light, then we have this debate about players who are suspended. Let's say Jamison Williams falls into this category. DeAndre Hopkins last year fell into this category you know you're missing them for a few games. My draft strategy has mostly been avoid at all costs, regardless of how late they fall. Even with DeAndre Hopkins, which was it was much harder to do that with him, but like I wasn't going to be jumping into even round nine territory with him. Definitely not doing that with Jamison Williams this year. What do we do with Kyler in one quarterback leagues? Is he draftable? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, that's... From a, a Kyler Murray standpoint, I think he wants to play, but as an organization, I mean, again, front office is tanking, <laughs> and the Cardinals are clearly tanking. Can they tank harder than the Rams? I mean, I don't know. I think Kyler's going to try and play, and if they have a setback, that's just an excuse to just sit him for the full year. He's going to get paid regardless, so... Yeah, I, I don't think he plays. I wouldn't even draft him. It's, you may as well just write him off for this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, in a, especially in a one-quarterback league, like there's no reason to be drafting a guy that's going to miss the first, most likely the first half of the season. Now, if reports come out here as the summer progresses and training camp starts and you know he's ahead of schedule and they're projecting him to play early in the season, sure, that might change things a bit for me, but I just... Oh. Don't see it at all. I just, I just, no, I, I just, 
hands off for the season for Kyler. I hope he plays because they're going to win games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were just trying to protect that number one draft pick for the Rams at all costs. <laughs> get Kyler in there. Week four. I don't care if he's healed. Get him in there. Um, yeah. I do think. Get him. <laughs> I think it's interesting to talk about him for Dynasty then. Like, there's so much confusion about Kyler and whether the team likes him, wants him anymore, even though they paid him so much money to be there. It feels like he could be shopped at any moment as well, along with everybody else. In Dynasty, it seems like seems like he's a value because his trade value is super depressed right now. But is he? Is anybody giving up a first round, what is presumed to be a higher first round pick in Dynasty anymore? For him, like Tim, would you give away a first to get Kyler on your team in Dynasty? In a one QB league, no. I mean, in Superflex, yeah, but I haven't seen Kyler being sold at least in the leagues that I'm in. So I think that's the hard thing is I've tried to buy him low without overpaying, and I think he still has his value just based on his legs, even if he may not even play this full year. And folks are willing to sit on that and wait. Yeah, I agree. I've tried to trade for him in a couple leagues, uh, trying to get a little bit of a discount. And people are not budging on that. They 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 know his value. Uh, even if they're going to lose him for this season, they they don't care, at least in my experience. They just they're willing to sit tight without him for this year, knowing that he's young and, and kind of that dual threat quarterback. That's me you're talking about. I'm dug in. I'm not I'm not moving him. Stop asking about it, people in my leagues. A dynasty pylon, by the way, saying Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to the cards. LOL. Uh Chase Chase Kastner in the uh chat. Dorch, yo. Yeah, I do want to mention Greg Dorch real quick. He's basically half of my brand at this point. Greg Dorch, better than Rondale Moore. I said it once, I'll say it a million times. Uh that's all I have to say about the cards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely he's performed man i mean you take a chance on rondell moore and you're just waiting and waiting i mean greg dorch he was solid i started him a couple of games last year and i mean hey he performed so applause to him he's, he's still rocking his job and hopefully he can find a field this year mm-hmm. dorch the torch baby it's happening get the shirts get them made up Printed Arizona, you'll make a million dollars. Probably not. <laughs> Dustin, do you, you have anything else you want to talk about uh, with the Cardinals? Uh, I know you brought up Zach Ertz, and you know who knows what's going to happen with him. We saw Trey McBride. I know for Dynasty, love him, um, and I just picked him up this offseason in a trade because uh, I do think he is the future there, and I think he's got a very bright future. Uh, do we see with Zach Ertz still there? I mean, is Trey McBride just going to take this job outright at this point? Or is Zach Ertz still just going to be hanging on there and siphoning off and vulturing fantasy points from McBride? I think until Ertz is healthy, I mean, it's, it's Trey McBride. I mean, I think it's his season. The Cardinals last year, they were top five in pass attempts. I don't see any reason why that changes. I mean, Trey McBride, he had a pretty solid end to the year. I think the last three games, um, he had, uh, I think it was one massive target game in there, either eight or ten targets. But, uh, yeah, I mean, 
you got to see what you got in a young kid. And I mean, Zach Ertz, like you said, he's old, 32, in playing years. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think Trey McBride, he's he's worth a buy low, especially in Dynasty. Uh, I mean, if you're desperate in redraft, I mean, take a shot on him. Would you take Higby or Trey McBride? For Dynasty or just for redraft this upcoming season? For both. Let's let's shoot both of them in there. I think for this season, I would probably take Higby. Um, but I think for Dynasty, I, I would rather have McBride. Okay. Although, although I do like Higby as, as like a sneaky, if you're going to kind of punt the tight end position a little bit and kind of piecemeal it together, I think Higby is good enough that he'll have, you know, you'll be able to play the matchups pretty well with him. Yeah, he's like the only competent thing there, I think, outside of Cooper Cup. I'd go with Higby in in the short term as well. I do think Trey McBride falls into the Kyler Murray category. How well are the are the Cardinals doing halfway through the season? Do they continue with Zach Ertz at that point, or do they just shut him down if they're losing it? So I think, at worst case, McBride becomes a very usable guy halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's move on then to the final team here at the Seahawks. Uh, they lost this offseason. Rashad Penny, Travis Homer, Tony Jones, all the all the running backs, uh, Marquise Goodwin, and Laquan Treadwell. Uh, blaster on the pass there. Uh, no one of note that they brought in via free agency. And in the draft, in the first, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, a wide receiver. In round two, Zach Charbonnet, uh, running back. And in round seven, Kenny McIntosh. All right, Tim, let's throw it back to you. What do you like, don't like about this Seahawks team? Uh, you know, in particular at the fantasy pieces here, uh, coming into the 2023 season. I'll say let's start at the top. DK Metcalf. Uh, I'm a huge fan. Stanford DK. Um, I think he's still undervalued somehow, though. I mean, dude's an alpha. He should be getting a ton of targets. I think you know, surprised everybody last year that he was able to support two fantasy-relevant wide receivers. So DK Metcalf, he lacked in a lot, or he lacked in the tight end department last year. I think he's going to bounce back with some of those for a touchdown. Uh, um, last year, but yeah, he'll he'll bounce back this year. Um, I, I really don't understand how DK is so undervalued, and I'd say the same for Tyler Lockett. I mean, every year he's undervalued. I mean, he continues to perform. Um, so I guess that by default means that I'm in on Gino. So he's 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 going to be the the second version of of Tussin. I mean, he had a strong performance. <laughs> He did very well last year, and I, I think this system fits him. And I think just seeing him come in even in substitute games on uh, behalf of Russ when he was there, he performed well. So it's it's not totally surprising that he's able to do well. Continue it. He got paid to, so we'll see. But, yeah, I, I think DK Metcalf, uh, he's the first person that I would say he's undervalued. You got to get some of him. Yeah, I'm interested in redraft with DK, where people are going to place him. If he'll be out, I'm guessing he's going to be 
firmly outside of the top five, maybe even the top 10 because of the rookie coming in and then thinking, well, between Lockett, JSN, is there going to be enough for the big dog to eat? I maintain, yeah, because like always there is. Uh, yeah. I'm not worried about him. Do we, what do we think? Because you mentioned Gino and probably being able to recreate, hopefully last year, with added firepower. They added to the wide receivers. They added to the running backs uh, with one Mr. Charbonnet. Uh, Bring me a Charbonnet. Yes, that's the drop. Got it in there. Uh, Zach Charbonnet. So they've added both of these spots. Do we think that that shifts the run-pass balance at all, or do we think it's just all in with everybody? I don't think it's just it. I think they were 60-40 last year. I think that percentage continues. Uh, nothing's really changed for the Seahawks. I mean, to kind of bring everybody back, you recycle the crew. I think it stays mostly the same. I think a, a lot of the draft picks that they made were in place of injuries. So, you know, losing Kim Walker last year, I think that was perfect chances as far as finishing the year strong until he came back. Uh, I think the same thing if you were to lose DK for a couple of games or even Tyler Lockett, who has had a couple of injury, uh, injuries, uh, they're able to replace and fill versus really uh, use them on a game-to-game basis. I think uh, buy Ken Walker where you can, uh, definitely buy DK if someone's scared off. And would you do a second and a third, going back to the uh, beginning of the show, for Tyler Lockett? That's a great question. If I was a contender, yes, I would I would do that for Lockett. I think it's probably you could probably get it done for just a second, I would think. But like I said, if I was a contender and Lockett was one of those pieces that I thought would help push me over the edge, absolutely I would do that. Okay. Boy. Yeah. We just I think we talked last week about him being like the Tom Brady of wide receivers. People just keep writing him off and like, this is the last year. Mm -hmm. He's not doing this again. And then every year he does it. And it's probably going to be the same. I don't know that I could give up a second and third for him, though, in Dynasty, unless I was really lacking in wide receivers. And it's not because of his value. It's because of projecting which weeks he's actually going to help you win. And so playing that game with him at this stage in his career isn't something I'm interested in at that price. But that said, in redraft, he's going to be falling so low that I'm going to have an unhealthy amount of him. Absolutely. Fair enough. Thoughts on uh, Kenneth Walker and Charbonnet. Justin, if you <laughs> that, that's summed right up right now, there. <laughs> let's put this is going to be so frustrating because it's Pete Carroll. It's Pete mm-hmm. Carroll, and we're talking about running backs, and draft capital doesn't matter for Pete Carroll and yep. running backs. See Rashad Penny and Chris Carson and whoever else has been thrown in the mix. So do I invest the high draft capital in Kenneth Walker, come redraft? Like, he's not getting out of the third round, I wouldn't think. You think he'll escape think the so. third round? Right, he's going to be up there. If he did, or, it would be, like, super early in the fourth, like one of the first couple picks, yeah. if, if that actually happened. Yeah, I don't see that. Unequivocally going well above James Conner. You know, like, mm-hmm. the gap is still going to be massive there. So would I rather do that or wait and take Charbonnet deep into the draft? Like, later rounds, I'd probably do Charbonnet for later rounds. What about you, Tim? Yeah, I'm I'm buying Kenneth Walker for sure. Um, yeah. I, 
I think in the third round, that's, that's appropriate. I mean, if you start, you know, wide receiver, wide receiver, if Kenneth Walker's there, yeah, you can go ahead and hit select on him. I think he'll perform pretty well. I mean, he had a lot of big runs last year. Um, it, it's, it's one of those things where, is he an RB1? Probably not, but I think he's a solid enough RB2 to where he'll he'll give you good production. I think pretty steady. He's not catching a ball, which is, I think, one of the, the struggles. Uh, you know, is Charbonnet there for that? I guess we'll see. So, Yeah, Jake, I'm going to lean more your side uh, on this argument. Um, I, I'll, I'll take Charbonnet late, and hopefully he pops off and uh, gives you some weeks. I just... I have a hard time just trusting anything with this Pete Carroll offense and, and, and his running backs. Like I just knowing Pete Carroll, he's going to pick up, you know, Zeke and bring him in and, and he'll be the, Don't you, you know, say that. into the mix. Like that's just one of those things he does. And it's, I, I would be shocked if it didn't happen. Let's be honest. Like I just, I don't trust him in running backs. So I, I'll take the cheapest of the, the options in that backfield, uh, knowing that, Charbonnet will will end up getting some some play most likely unless we hear this offseason that you know he's in the doghouse for whatever reason um, then it would be wheels up for Ken Walker but but if you're hearing all the glowing remarks that Pete Carroll loves to give all of his players uh, it's just it's a crapshoot at that point and I'll just I'll take the 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 less draft capital player at that point. Yeah, I think that approach makes total sense, uh, especially just given the shenanigans and Hannigan uh, of Pete Carroll. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to let uh, Kyle Shanahan off the hook. He was <laughs> for years up in the where he can't do it anymore. But yeah, Pete Carroll's in that same boat for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. And to your point, by the way, half PPR leagues, standard leagues, I- I'm much higher taking Kenneth Walker. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. Like second round, I'd even consider him at that point because pass catching doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. yeah. do either of you have any interest in like Noah Fant, um, tight end, or any of the tight ends on this team? Like, to do what? Is it is it to like be on if your he fantasy squad in 2023? Oh, I was gonna say like if he'll help me move or something. Yeah, absolutely. Noah, give me a call. I'm I'm excited about that. Uh, I hope we can be friends. Do you have a truck? Uh, otherwise, for fantasy football, no, I have no interest in Noah fans. Okay, just start throw the question out there. Do we have any? I guess any pass catchers that we haven't talked about. Like, is there any? Buddy, that's a sleeper in this offense. It almost feels hard to say that because there's so many big names here. But is there some stray that we're forgetting? I mean, JSN, obviously. I, I love this talent coming out. Um, I think just rookies, they tend to perform better at the tail end of the year. So in redraft, I mean, if you can pick up JSN pretty cheap, uh, just because I think his value is going to be pretty suppressed to start the year. If you can manage to hold on to him, something eventually will happen to where he may become relevant. And I mean, the talent's there. So I think in a, a bad division, uh, Gino could take advantage of that talent. Yeah. And like Gino that. was going to be the guy that I said, um, you know, he had that unbelievable season last year. But I think people, a lot of people are going to think that was a fluke. And do I think he's going to finish that high again? Probably not. 
but he did it last year with the same pieces that he's got going into this year. And if anything, they added a couple, you know, really good rookie picks there uh, that we've talked about. So I think he's going to end up falling in drafts, you know, going as, you know, a quarterback too. And if, if you want to kind of go with that late round quarterback strategy, I think he would be a really good flyer to take a little bit later in your drafts um, that will probably pan out really well for you. Let's do a couple of, of who'd you rathers here. Cause I think he's a fascinating ADP guy right now. Cause I can't, I can't peg down where he's actually going to end up, but let's say you're on the clock and redraft one quarterback leagues. Do you rather have Geno Smith or Kirk cousins? <laughs> That's tough. Tough one, right? I think I'm going Geno. I think so too. I think Geno's got a higher ceiling than Kirk. Um, although I, feel like they'll probably end up finishing fairly close at the end of the season this year. Yeah. But Gino will definitely give you more of those boom weeks, I think, than than Kirk can. I agree. I, I'm team Gino there. How about Gino Smith or Daniel Jones? Gino. I'm I'm swinging Daniel Jones here. Okay. Yeah, I mean I I don't know what it is, but they will he has spoken to Daniel Jones and he is <laughs> He's he's performing somehow. I mean, I was out on Daniel Jones as a rookie, and I'm like, how is he even in the league? But yeah, he's done extremely well last year. So I'm eating crow on uh, Daniel Jones. That's what I'm taking. I I like it because he does still have the scoot, as we talk about in this podcast all the time. Like he has a little bit of a floor that he can still give you. So I'm more comfortable than with Kirk, um, just because. I feel like I've relied too heavily on Kirk, and I know what his upside is. It's quarterback 12, and he's going to give you quarterback mm-hmm. 11 weeks sometimes and quarterback 13 weeks sometimes. But he's going to be quarterback 12 for the entirety of the season. Last one here to bring it back towards uh, our talk earlier about the 49ers. Let's say Trey Lance is designated as the starter come week one. Is it Geno? Is it Trey Lance? <laughs> give me Geno. I just... I am not a big Trey Lance believer, uh, especially especially in redraft. Um, and let's be honest, you're probably going to have to take Trey Lance earlier than you would Geno, too. Uh, and I'm just not willing to pay that price. So uh, just sweep, give me the sweep with Geno. Tim, what do you think? I think with Geno, at least there's, there's some safety there. I think with Trey Lance... I mean, you're scared every week. Just he's gonna get the core pull from. It. So, I, I like the upside. I mean, yeah, I, I might take a, a ride on the, the Trey Lance, but man, if you want something more steady, I understand Geno. So, I think between those two, I would take Trey Lance with another quarterback in my back pocket. Ooh, I don't hate mm-hmm. that. I don't hate that. I think even as the Trey Lance guy, I'd probably be tempted to go Geno Smith because of the the security that you talked about, Tim. Like not having to worry week in and week out is is this the last week? Do I have to be scouting waivers preemptively to get another quarterback? But I like the idea of pairing him with somebody safer, maybe even uh, Derek Carr or one of these other randos towards the end of the draft that you can pick up pretty cheap. So I like that. Hmm. Okay, um, I think that basically does it here. Uh, we went through all four teams. Any final thoughts from either of you about this division? 
Uh, and let's be honest. Let, let me throw it out here first. No one out of this division is making a deep run into the playoffs, correct? I would say the Niners, they can. I, I, I hate to say it, but they can. Um, I can see them choking, as they always do. So, <laughs> game, you know, whoever they're playing, maybe it's the Eagles again, and here come all the excuses. Uh, we were playing with 10 men, is what people... <laughs> I love it. And I agree. 49ers have pieced it together with like no quarterback before. So it doesn't really matter who they have starting there. They can always scrape and claw their way in, unfortunately. I will Mm -hmm. just say, what a weird division. What a weird and strange division this is this entire offseason. It'll be very interesting to watch develop. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this was considered one of those divisions just, you know, two years ago that was probably one of the deepest and and you know most prolific you know uh divisions in all of football uh saying how all four teams you know could have been making the playoffs once they expanded to the the seven teams so uh it's interesting to see how in just a couple years things can change so drastically for teams uh but still a lot of really good fantasy players in this division and it should be a lot of fun to watch for sure for sure dynasty pylon by the way in the chat yeah, that dynasty pylon, Seattle, I, to his credit, Seattle has given the Niners trouble every year. I mean, it's, it's rock, paper, scissors in this division. The Rams get owned by the Niners. Seattle, they own the Niners. And the Rams own Seattle. So we just keep going in this circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> carousel continues you you must be most disheartened by the fact that they have arizona at four rather than the rams rightfully taking last place and helping secure that pick yeah they're gonna be doing a lot of pew 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 at the bottom so i, <laughs> I love it yeah i love it well tim uh thank you for joining us it was great having you on the show um I know we did not do it at the top of the show, but uh, why don't you tell folks uh, where they can find you, what you're doing in the fantasy sphere, all that sort of good stuff. Uh, I'm plugged in listening to everybody as far as fantasy. Uh, I mean, I'm eating it, breathing it, drinking it, but uh, <laughs> is uh, yeah, I'm Timothy Isaac. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Timothy King Isaac. Uh, I just, I love playing the game, love talking football, love talking fantasy, and yeah, just looking forward to the season. I mean, I think we're under 100 days to, to kick off, so it's exciting time. <laughs> oh, it makes me so excited. <laughs> I love it. Everybody out there, give Tim a follow on Twitter, mm-hmm. at Tim the King Isaac. Yeah, amazing having you on here. I respect how well you held it together as a Rams fan. During what must be a very difficult time for you, so uh, much appreciated, Tim. Yeah, I mean that that Rams flag that I have outside my house is not going to look good this season, but <laughs> <laughs> we stay got strong, be proud. Right, that's right. <laughs> All right, well, thanks again for joining us, Tim. It was great having you on the show, and <laughs> yeah, and as always, folks, um, you know, subscribe rate, review, all that good stuff that you know what to do every single week that I tell you to do. Just go do it so I don't have to do it, tell you to do it anymore. Uh, you'll find us here next week, continuing our divisional uh, breakdown series. And until then, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. <laughs>